A growing concern for many people is taking care of family members with dementia. Welcome to the GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. I'm Dr. Mike Smith, and today's topic, Community Dementia Care. My guest is Dr. Christina Prather. Dr. Prather is an assistant professor of medicine at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Dr. Prather, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. What a what a wonderful topic to talk about because I do know in in my own life, Doctor Prather, I'm experiencing some of this. So I think um, a lot of listeners um, are interested uh, in this topic. And so I, I just kind of wanted to get your feel for it. How how big of an issue is this? Where where family members more and more are taking care of of dads, moms, grandparents with dementia. You know, Mike, I'm. I'm glad you started with that, and I'm sorry to hear that you, in your own personal experience, have had to go through this. What I find is that anyone I talk to who turns to a friend or another family member is often beginning to have this conversation within their own family. And we know from data from the Alzheimer's Association that one in three seniors um, is likely to die of some form of dementia. And that in the U.S. now we have almost 6 million Americans living with dementia. Um, The number of persons providing care far exceeds that. And most of our medical practices don't know how to support you or the person who is actually living with cognitive impairment. It's a really big issue. Yeah, yeah. the 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 issue of caregiver health, I think, um, is is something that's not talked about enough. I think there's a couple books out there and stuff, um, but I think it's 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 just as important as taking care of the of the patient with dementia. What so what are what do you think in your experience? You know, when a family is faced with this, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see them having to overcome? That's a good question. As a physician in our geriatric memory clinic at GW, one of the things that we really focus on is how the family unit is living with the cognitive disorder. So often as physicians and healthcare providers, we're focused on just, um, you know, what are the day-to-day symptoms of any particular person, but we forget that so many caregivers are having to navigate new financial challenges, legal challenges, accessing bank accounts, taking over finances for their parents who may or may not have that organized. People may or may not have the advanced directives in place to allow them the ability to access documents that they need or um, make transactions on their loved one's behalf. We also know that a lot of caregivers are potentially still working, raising their own children. There's a really high risk of burnout and depression. And there's a huge cost to caregiving emotionally and financially. And you're right, there's a lot of great books and there's a lot of great websites. And I'm happy to provide some information at the end if people want to take some notes. Yeah, sure. And I think that would be wonderful. Uh, I, You know, I, I want to talk about something that I think is a lot of people don't like to talk about. Uh, but yeah. I, I, I think it's critically important, right? Well, how, tell, us, tell us how you feel um, about getting an advanced directive. Right. And so when we think about advanced directives in the legal term, most people are familiar with going to their lawyer and getting a document that says who they want to be their healthcare decision maker or the surrogate who would speak with them for them if they ever did not have the ability to speak for themselves. And it's a really transactional approach to having a really important conversation that needs to be 
um, a much more guided discussion with a person who might end up making decisions for you if you ever do not have the capacity to do that on your own. And so it's wonderful when people come in with an advanced directive and a, a person who is dedicated to make decisions on their behalf. But what we really need to be doing is having conversations with everyone before you even have a diagnosis of dementia, thinking about the things that are most valuable to you and your quality of life. There's a really great website that recently came out. It's www.dementia-directive.org. It's an advanced care planning document that's meant to drive a conversation about how you would actually want to live with dementia, which is a really, really um, important thing because it's one of the few diseases that's a chronic disease people often live with for years, even decades, and they lose the ability to actually speak for themselves. So advanced care planning is a huge part of our practice. Yeah, no, so so agree with you, but it's also, I think, it could be tough, right? You know, it's because it's 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 it finally having to really realize. Tough. Yeah, you got to finally get the family together. You have to have a serious, you know, talk, and no one wants you. No one, it's not fun. Yeah. No one wants to do that. But I, I I agree. It's so so important and can just help the process so much better and take away a lot of stress, right? I think at the end of the day, it's but, really important at the end of the day for us to be able to turn to to a family member and say you know, we talked about this here together with your loved one when they could still tell us what was important. And we're here to help you implement the things that your loved one was able to tell you they wanted. It's very hard on families, but by having a a very honest conversation that's often guided by your clinicians can, I think, really help alleviate some of the stress that comes in really difficult times for family members. And there's also some great online resources for helping have that conversation at home um, if your doctor's office isn't having it with you. Let's, you know, I kind of want to split the the conversation I'm having with you, uh, Dr. Prather, right now. So, and I want to focus a little bit on what what we can actually do for the family member that has dementia. But then I also want to talk just a little bit about some maybe tips for the caregiver and how to make sure that they're taking care of themselves, right? So, so let's start with the family member, you know, with dementia. Obviously, there's, there's a pharmaceutical plan, a, a medical plan that's going on, but I'm really referring to at, at home uh, and, and for that caregiver. What, what are some of the things we want to do for mom or dad or the grandparent that has dementia at home? So it's a great question. One of the things that I really try to focus on in my clinical practice feels a bit more um, soft than when you're talking about guidelines and medications, but our real focus is on reestablishing joy and joyful relationships. So things that someone enjoyed doing in their adult life before they had cognitive impairment may not be the same things that bring someone joy and calm or happiness once they're living with cognitive impairment. And it can be exceptionally challenging to see a loved one who is very accomplished or had hobbies that they always participated in no longer be able to live at that same cognitive level or participate in things they once enjoyed. And so redefining the relationships of how you spend your time and what your expectations are for the person who's actually living with cognitive impairment are really important. Going out into the community and doing big events that someone might have enjoyed were once um, a great source of happiness might be overwhelming, might drive to 
what we hear is agitation, and people might come in asking for medications. But really, what we need to be doing is changing the environment around which the person is living on their day-to-day basis. Oh, that was great. I I did. Um, it, it, there was something interesting I saw. Um, and and I get what you're saying about that. It's like redefining what joy is for that person in that new environment. I get that. But I did see, and I want your opinion as the expert, Doctor Prather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a it was a um it was a show on dementia, Alzheimer's dementia, mm-hmm. and one of the patients they were following was a musician all of his life. And once he got to the late stages of Alzheimer's, like he had no music, he was kind of alone in a nursing home, and somehow one of the nurses there figured out his past and found one of his records or something like that and started playing it, and it actually woke him up a lot. He became more expressive. Yeah, he came to life. Yeah, he did. What do you think about that? What do you think about trying to bring in maybe some of those things they did like that? Does that is that your experience that that helps? So that is absolutely what we're talking about. We know that um, bringing in music and dance uh, bring down a lot of apathy and anxiety and agitation and depression. I mean, in dementia, excuse me. But that when we really take the moment to pause and identify what are the things that make you, you, and continue to prioritize the person and not the disease and allowing the person to continue to live, uh, we really see that that changes quality of life, not only for yeah. the individual, but for the, the family and the, the whole unit taking care of someone. A lot yeah, of the nursing homes right. are working to do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll never forget that, uh, you know, he was smiling and keeping the beat with his foot and the nurses were like, that's amazing. <laughs> it was like miraculous to them that he was having that kind of reaction. Let's let's shift now to the caregiver, though. Right. And, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people taking care of mom and dad or grandparents with dementia and it's it's hard. Right. So what are some of the things that the caregiver needs to keep in mind or maybe do, you know, some tips to do so that they can stay healthy as well. Right. So great tips. Um, One of the things that caregivers have to do is make time for themselves, which is really hard. I'm saying that out there to any caregiver who's listening. I hear you. I know that's really tough. My mom is a caregiver for my grandfather, and I know that her and her sisters and brothers have a really hard time creating barriers sometimes. And creating space for themselves, but you have to continue to do that, and it allows you to come back and be a better caregiver and to be more emotionally available um, for your loved one. So it's really important to continue to create that safe space for you to continue to have joy and purpose in your own life. Um, Caregivers have wonderful resources often in their communities that they don't um, don't know are there. And so connecting with community resources, whether it's through your local office on aging, your faith-based organizations, um, or even just friends of friends. One of my uh, favorite patients, his wife developed her own sort of support system of other wives living with cognitive impairment. And the amount of strength that came from just being in solidarity with each other was, was huge for her. So reach out. It's really hard when you're living in it day to day, but reaching out and not reaching in can really make a big difference. Oh, great, great tips. You mentioned some resources there. Can you, what other resources are there um, for caregivers? Uh, you mentioned one earlier. Um, can you kind of just run through any any places, any websites that you think are, you know, people? 
Absolutely. Get your pens out. There's a lot of great ones. The Alzheimer's Association website is a wonderful source of information for any type of um, dementia. It's not Alzheimer's specific, and that's just www.alz.org. There's another wonderful website. Um, It's caregiving.com, and um, caregiving.com is a website that discusses um, different types of resources that are available in the community. There's also caregiving.org. So if you're having a particular symptom that you're trying to work through, there's some great tangible resources there. Beyond caregiving.org and ALD, there are some great online websites for advanced care planning. One that is really lovely is The Conversation Project. And The Conversation Project provides videos and tutorials for how to have discussions around difficult conversations like advanced care planning and what are the things that you would value if you were too sick to make medical decisions on your own. I also have a list of my favorite books that I provide uh, to a lot of my patients and family members. There's one called The 36-Hour Day by Nancy Mace, which is a really well-known book in in the community of dementia care. And another one is called Creating Moments of Joy for the Person with Alzheimer's mm. or Dementia by Jolene Brackley. And kind of gets to the the theme of what I've been talking about, which is this is a, a condition that people live with for a long time, and it becomes an elephant in the room if we don't learn how to live with it and own right. it and continue to uh, redefine how we're going to make life good with its presence. Yeah. Dr. Prather, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing at George Washington University Hospital, and also thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to GW Medical Faculty Associates Podcast. For more information, go to gwdocs.com. That's gwdocs.com. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.